everybody, and welcome to um, Let's Talk Therapy with Rosemary Burns. Thank you again for joining me and listening. I think this is my sixth episode, if I'm counting correctly. It's fifth or sixth, whichever, it's all good. I know I usually start out with what I learned from last podcast, but I'm going to take a, a little detour from that this time. I will do it, but I just wanted to start out as um, today is, is a very gray day. It just kind of downpoured outside. And, it, you know, it, we had thunderstorms last night and I, you know how I said in previous podcasts that sometimes you just have a day where you feel off and not yourself. And of course, with everything continuing to go on with COVID-19, this is my day. This is my off day and it's okay. With thunderstorms last night, um, I have a, a dog. He's 14, bless his heart. I love him to death, but he... He is afraid of thunderstorms, and I know lots of people have dogs who are afraid of thunderstorms, but my dog paces like he will just get up and pace and pace and pace, and we try to, of course, calm him down the best that we can, but, you know, when that goes on for, you know, a long period of time throughout the night, let's just say I didn't sleep very well last night, and so that, I'm sure, contributes to my off day, so I just wanted to share that because I know I can feel that my, my energy is not the same as it normally is. So I hope you'll, you know, just forgive me a little bit for that today. And that's enough said about that. So, okay. What I learned from last podcast is kind of a little, again, off normal subject. Um, I usually learn things about what to do in podcasts or, 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 you know, better ways to organize myself. Well, last time after the podcast, my podcast person, TJ, told me that there's all kinds of like sounds and stuff, sound bites on like the control thing. I don't even know what this thing is called, but um, it was really fun and he let me play with it. So I'm going to here, listen to this. That's my favorite. That's like, I call that fairy. I'm just going to call that fairy. Um, I don't actually know what it's called. There, It does have a name, but I'm just going to call it fairy. Um, and so after last week's podcast I just was playing with the sounds there's like I think there's clapping oh clapping there we go it's just you know some fun um I thought that was fun let's see oh crickets chirping that's kind of good too um oh that one keeps going unless until you turn off that one's I told a joke (laughs) well anyhow so um just some some fun. Sometimes you got to let that inner child play a little bit. So before we get into the serious stuff, here's one more fairy for you. There we go. Yeah. Enjoy the fairy. I think that that's kind of nice. It's kind of fun on, again, a, a rainy day. All right. Back to business. So let's recap. Last time we talked about doing the prep work, essentially, before going into therapy. You know, it's, it's very necessary and it's very important. And so we, we talked about that last time. I still think that's really important. Um, so today, you know, we kind of stopped after, you know, talking about kind of things. Did you know confidentiality, cliches in a movie, you know. And so once you kind of did that, once you've done that prep work, it's very important to talk about the first session. It's the first session. It's like, it's for most people, I think it's anxiety provoking. I think it would be, you know, I know when I I did my own work, it was anxiety provoking. I thought it would be a good follow-up to last week to talk about what to expect in a first session 
because, you know, again, if you go into it, having that knowledge and having that information, hopefully, you know, my goal for this is to help reduce that anxiety so that you will get into your services and get the help that you need. That's, that's so important. Um, and if you, and if we can break down those barriers and break down those obstacles, then that, yeah, that's the whole point. So let's talk about what to expect at the first session. So one thing we need to talk about now, especially since COVID-19 is online versus in-person therapy, because a lot of stuff, you know, is now only online because of social distancing and having to maintain, you know, um, the proper, not qualifications, not, not the right word, parameters to be able to open and see people in person right now. Um, that I don't know a lot of therapists have, you know, the means to that, like, you know, being able to take temperatures or um, having, you know, gloves or disinfectant spray to be able to disinfect after every client or something like that. So um, a lot of therapy right now is just online. With that being said, prior to that, I, I really I did only in-person therapy. So this has kind of been a learning thing, a learning opportunity for me as well. Usually in the first session, depending on where you go, if you go to like a company, like community mental health place, or even in private practice, sometimes a lot of times when you go to your first session, you're, you do paperwork and you go over policies and procedures and that kind of stuff. Cause that's important because you're essentially making a contract with that, that provider, that therapist to do your therapy work. Well, now that things have gone online, at least for myself, um, I have started sending clients the paperwork ahead of time so they actually have it to look through and and review and sign and all that kind of stuff prior to the first session so we don't even have to do that in the first session of course you you know you uh, if you have any questions or anything like that I mean I I ask my clients um, if you have any questions about policies procedures please let me know of course so that's a major difference kind of going on now between online versus in person some therapists might do like kind of a, an intake interview type thing. Um, I know that if you go to like community mental health, they're required to do like a, a specific kind of intake interview where they ask all kinds of questions about your history. And, you know, that's very important because it kind of gives a good overview of your past history um, that helps therapists develop treatment plans and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and like I said, very important. But let's talk about getting to know your therapist. And this is true whether you're having services online or in person. Getting to know your therapist. Yes, you can go, like I had said in the previous podcast, that you can go online. You can kind of read up a little bit on therapists, whether they have web pages or if they have, you know, um, I had mentioned, um, you know, introductions of themselves on like, psychology today, um, you know, you can find um, summaries about, you know, what, how they like to practice and that kind of stuff. But reading something like that is not the same thing as actually interacting with the therapist. Again, whether it's online or in person, think about it. Why would it be important to get to know your therapist? Well, because this person is going to be working with you for however long you're in services. And if you don't have good working relationship with your therapist, it's going to negatively affect your progress. And you're the client, you the client, you're what's most important. So when you go and you see your therapist for the first time, again, whether it's online or in person, ask them questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Ask them questions about their training. You can ask them where they went to school. Ask about 
their credentials, ask them about how much experience they have and what kind of experience they have, because all of those are really important to, to really get you a good idea of if the therapist is a good fit for you. It's also, you know, it might be important for you to ask the therapist why they became a therapist. I have gotten asked that various times throughout my career. And for fun, I usually just say, well, because I couldn't do organic chemistry. I started out um, as a bio-pre-med major. And once we got to organic chemistry, I was like, nope, this is not for me. And, you know, that there's a little bit, of tr- there is truth to that. And, and the, the, more truthful answer is when I started taking psychology courses, I really loved it and knew that that was the path I was supposed to go on. I I always knew I wanted to help people. And so I kind of shifted a little from wanting to be a a pediatrician to a therapist. And I have been a therapist ever since. So anyhow, yeah, I kind of joke and say organic chemistry. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with asking a therapist, hey, you know, what, what made you decide to become a therapist? And It's the responsibility of the therapist to maintain professionalism and know what is appropriate to share, what's not appropriate to share. You know, like, let me give you an example. So say you go to a therapist and they're a trauma, trauma specialist. Well, you know, maybe they became a trauma specialist because they had all kinds of trauma in their life. Well, you know, it would be inappropriate for a therapist to tell the client, let me tell you every instance of the traumatic experiences that I had, that that's not keeping the focus on the client that changes the focus to the therapist. That's not okay. But you know, if, if a therapist just said something like, yeah, you know, I've, I've been through some hard things in my life too. And so I wanted to use, you know, use what I've learned from that and try and help clients overcome their own traumas. Well, there you go. That's way more, you know, appropriate. So again, don't be afraid to ask questions like that. And sometimes when you ask questions like that, a therapist might actually ask you back, well, why is that important to you? Why, you know, why do you want to know why is that important to you? I know I've asked that before. And this is what you say. (laughs) You say, because this is your treatment. Unless you're court ordered, you get to make decisions about your treatment. Because this is all about getting you, the client, healthier. So you get to ask questions about that stuff. You get to ask questions about, okay, well, why are we doing this specific kind of, you know, learning this specific kind of tool? Why are we learning this coping skill? Ask questions like that. And again, if you're going to a good therapist, a healthy therapist, then they will explain and be like, this is why. You know, this is why this is important. This is the research behind that. This is, you know, these are coping skills that I was taught to, you know, to teach people. Yeah, so don't be afraid. You know, your your therapy treatment is a journey. Sometimes it's a long journey, but you know, it's important. It's an important journey, and it's also important who you take along with you and who you work with while you're on that journey. So then, once you've kind of gotten past some of the that preliminary, those preliminary questions, which again are so important, don't be afraid to ask those kinds of questions. You need to ask yourself, what makes a good therapist for you? And maybe this is something to ask actually before you go into that first session so that you kind of have in mind, you know, what, what is a good therapist fit for you? Because then you'll know kind of how to compare to the person that you actually go to see with what your, you made decisions on what will be a good therapist for you. And sometimes you can't make that decision really in one session. You really, uh, what I like to tell people is give it about a month, a good month, maybe 
to maybe, you know, between a month and two months is what I would say before you decide whether or not you want to stick with a therapist or if you truly decide, okay, this is not working. Because figure if you see that therapist once a week or once every two weeks, that gives you, you know, at least, or I'm sorry, at the most eight and maybe four sessions to kind of figure out, okay, yeah, this is going to work. Or, you know, honestly, sometimes it only takes one. Sometimes you go in and you're like, nope, this therapist was not for me. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with figuring that out too. That just means let's try and find another one that is a better fit. So yeah, ask yourself what makes a therapist a good fit for you. And that's very individualized. So ask yourself, okay, do I need somebody who is really compassionate, um, who, who really is all about, you know, validating feelings, you know, very client centered, or do I need somebody who is blunt and will be like a straight shooter and just say how it is because they, you know, there's therapists, both kinds, and it just depends on your personality. And again, nothing wrong with either kind, but you know, there, there's a difference between the two types of therapists. If you, you know, if you need somebody to be really blunt and straightforward and they're, you know, a real meek or kind of quiet therapist, well, eh, it may not, may not work very well for you. Is sense of humor really important to you? Or maybe you want somebody who is ultra serious. Again, just questions to ask you. I even put down in my notes, I was like, what about the difference between somebody who dresses up a lot for their sessions or wears jeans and comfy clothes? It makes a difference. Because, you know, if, if you like to wear ultra comfy clothes, And maybe you go in and you want your therapist to kind of mirror what you look like. There's nothing wrong with that. I think that's fun. Again, the questions are, ask yourself, what makes a therapist a good fit for you? So let me tell you two stories. Um, The first one, this is from when, they're both actually from when I first started out as being a therapist. Um, My first, definitely my first two years of practicing as a therapist so when I started out, I was, you know, brand new out of graduate school. So I went straight through undergrad to graduate school. So I was a very young therapist um, at 24. And um, I was very blessed that my first job, I, the other therapists that worked with me were very um, seasoned. They, were, they had been working for a long time in the therapy field. So I want to tell you about one of my coworkers at that time. She was amazing. I don't want to use her real name, but she she was fantastic. But this is, again, the importance of, of knowing if a therapist is a good fit for you. So she would greet her clients, and you would hear her because she was, she was loud. You would hear her in the hallway, and she, I hope I can get this sounding right because I know what it sounds like in my head. Um, but she would just be like, hi, how are you today? It's so good to see you. And and that is how she would talk. And <laughs> bless her heart, she worked with seriously mentally ill clients. And they love, loved her. She And she had great progress with them. And I keep, and I had thought to myself, you know, oh my gosh, I could not stand it if somebody talked to me like that for a whole session. And um, yeah, that, that would not be a good fit for me. But she just worked wonders with her clientele. And I think, I think that is just wonderful. Um, I could just hear her voice in my head. She's just, she was amazing. Um, and I, I hope 
you all understand that I'm saying this with the, the most respect for her because trying to share with you that certain population and she just did wonderful by just being that ultra sweet, that ultra welcoming. And I just thought I was great. So um, that's one little story. And then the other story is actually about myself. So same, same place, working in the same place. Again, I said I was a brand new therapist and I had a client come in and she was significantly older than me. I honestly don't remember how old she was, but if I was 24, she was at least in her 50s. And so I remember her after I saw her maybe twice. I didn't see her very, very much, but I think maybe twice. She had gone to my supervisor, which I was under supervision at that time, and had mentioned to him that she didn't want to see me because I was too young. And I remember, I remember at the time, you know, being an immature therapist and, and it's okay. I was like, well, you know, that, that doesn't seem fair. And, you know, just because I'm young doesn't mean that I, you know, don't know skills to teach her and, and all that kind of stuff. I also think uh, I was blessed to have a very good supervisor. And so he basically was like, it, it's not about, it, this is what I learned from that. <laughs> yeah. He was like, it's not about that. It's, it's, you know understandably, if she doesn't think it's a good fit, it's going to deter your progress. And as a veteran therapist now, I can look back at my 24-year-old self and say, yeah, it's okay that she didn't want to see me. Absolutely okay. And I, and I now, of course, can give her props for having the courage, you know, to speak up and actually go to a supervisor and say, hey, can I change my therapist to somebody older? Good for her. So that's why I say picking your therapist is so important because it just it, it just makes all the difference in the world. I know I've mentioned this before. Your therapist and you, the client, will create such a wonderful therapeutic relationship that, again, it, it's so important to be able to click, for lack of a better way to say it. Can you still get good work done if you don't like your therapist? Mm, yeah. Yeah, you can because a lot of it is skills-based, like teaching skills and, you know, learning new ways to cope with things. But, I mean, I just, I couldn't imagine having to go see somebody that I didn't like. Give yourself that choice. Again, unless you're court-ordered, you have every right to decide if a therapist is right for you. That's a good place to leave off this time. From last time, the the preconceived notions, the importance of doing research before you go into therapy, and then this time, your first session, which again, first session, getting to know each other is exactly like meeting somebody for the first time. And like I said, some, for some people, that can be really scary. Um, remember I said, if you're that scared, bring somebody with you. There's nothing wrong with that. Sign a HIPAA, HIPAA release. And then get to know your therapist. So I know I usually stop each podcast with a quote, but today, because it was so gray and and when I was going through my notes and and preparing what I, you know, what I wanted to say, um, I wanted to just say this for today. Be the person who wears the brightly colored shirt on a cloudy day, because you just might brighten up somebody's day just by wearing something that is colorful. Thank you so much again for listening and and for coming and sharing this time with me. What I'm probably going to talk about next time, unless something major comes up and kind of steers me away from from my plan, is to continue on 
talking about the the early sessions and therapy and what you can expect. And of course, talk about online versus in person and the major differences between trying to do a therapy session online versus in person. I've learned a great deal about having to do therapy online. Um, It can be done and there's research to support it. But I'll tell you right now, I I have my own little bias when it comes to this. And and maybe it's because for most of my yeah, most of my career up until probably about the last two months, I have been an in-person therapist. So I definitely have my own bias, but that's okay. I'm allowed to have my bias. It's, it's, you know, that's why it's my podcast. So, um, yeah, look forward. I look forward to talking about that next time. And again, thank you again for listening. And I hope you all have a blessed day.